Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven and our homes. We are also streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. Also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash New Haven Independent or go to your Facebook page and look us up. You can also hit see first to hear all the great programs we have here on WNHHLP, and we are also streaming live on ProCannabisMedia.com and Greenhaven Media Facebook page. So you can find us all over the All right. A little bit of everywhere, right, brother? Yes, sir. It is Monday. Um, What is today's date? January 23rd, 2022. And uh, we just had Martin Luther King Day last week. Uh, so, uh, I'm your host, Joe LaChance. I'm here with my co-host, Uncle Lou, and he's in his nice, high, beautiful sweatshirt. So, how are you doing, <laughs> Lou? Love, always love giving a big shout out to our great friend, Eve Santana from High Beautiful. You know what yes. I mean? Yes, yes, uh, yes. Things are well, Joe. Things are, you know, pushing forward. We keep doing what we got to do. How are you? Good, sir. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, you know, I'm excited about some projects I, uh, that we're working on. You know, we got NECAN coming up and we got some very excited uh, workforce training classes that we're developing. So I yep. think, I think uh, you know, things are looking up. Things are good. Cannabis sales started on January 10th. Looks yep. like the state made a little bit more money than they initially had thought. I'm I'm seeing that the final numbers came back at like three hundred and fifty thousand instead of the initial two fifty they had said. Uh so that's a good thing. But from Joe, what I yeah, just number wise, think about it. They couldn't really buy anything. You couldn't go in and couldn't buy much product you could only buy up to a quarter of flour right the aves ranged from forty dollars to seventy dollars right so no edibles right they did not oh, have gummies. edibles they had gummies but gummies, nothing else they introduced gummies and then the normal stuff that they had on the medical side but the adult use side was 24 total SKUs. so it was 24 total items uh um, across the three producers that's uh, all they had in the and then only seven out of the nine dispensaries actually have opened right, up, right? Right. So that's so, not bad numbers for seven dispensaries. For, for set they're you know, these dispensaries, and it's not taking uh preference or saying anything, we're just kind of reporting what's going on right now. But those seven dispensaries all did about seven hundred adult use sales 
that day. Right. And you know what right. I mean? And so, yeah, it's not a ton of, not a ton of things, but you really didn't have options, you know? Yeah. Considering the slow rollout, it's pretty good. You know, it's the product's good. not, I will no, the pro- I'm not saying that I'm saying money, dude, the money's yeah. good. There's a market, <laughs> you know, there is a legal market. There's a craft market. There's, I believe that there's space. A medical market. There's, there's still a medical, medical market. market. Yep. And um, I think that conversation goes a long way, at least for medical patients. You just got to talk to your, if you're a medical patient who uses it and it's feeling like adult use has done something to you, realistically say something because they'll take care of you. They, yeah. they, live, they have a legal obligation to take care of you. So if you're going and that's what you do, then do what you do. Yeah. You know, it's also nice that, as this is open yeah none of my products are on the shelves right now so it's not like hey oh yeah everything's great no they still kept the social equity applicants out of the back side of it and they still kill still kept everybody out of it but you know they're going to also go through another round of licensing before it's even figured right. out in all honesty and then you know we'll see a lot more people come on because you know as i'm going through this i'm meeting individuals who only put in one light one lottery ticket right and they won you know? Wow. So 96. Yeah. So totally 96 applications were approved. Oh, that's more than they said they were going to approve. But I don't think they included in all the social equity uh, partnerships with the dispensary. That's not even that. I'm just talking lottery. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's overall areas, craft. That's over micro, yep. micro cultivator delivery, and uh, production, now- packaging, all that. So now the big push is for another round of lottery that they're going to have happen before June. So, and even some of the new, new licensees from this round probably may not even be open by then. Right. right? So there'll be another round of another hundred right after that. So, you know, by end of year, my estimation is that there's going to be 300 licensed entities in the state. Right. All mixed up between mixed up between micro cultivator delivery. Right. Total. Right. Um, total licenses given out. And this is a small state for 300. But I'm not. It is. What it yeah, is. But it's I got to tell you, state. Lou, I got to tell you, I here in Puerto Rico, it's the same state, same oh, size I'm not arguing. and same amount of people. And we have a about that many medical dispensaries, I would You're say, right. wouldn't you? Yeah, Puerto Rico's got about 300. Yeah, oh, and, and it's the same size as Connecticut and about the same population. So, and that's medical. So, and I mean, I, I think the state have can support it. That's right, and they have tourism. And it's a tourist destination. <laughs> Connecticut is not a tourist destination at all. <laughs> People are not coming to Connecticut. Just the casinos. <laughs> oh, that's a di- that's a completely different dichotomy, bro. Like yeah. when you start now talking about it, now it's man, it's the casinos. That's, and that's the main tourists are mystic. And that's it. And when I when that goes down, the first thing I say is the tribes are ready to do this. I like, know, I know. Like that's sovereign like oh my god, the casino that's sovereign nation over there. Mm-hmm. They like, have the they've had the right to do it for a long time, but they that's just sovereign nation up there. So that's not even Connecticut, realistically. No, no, <laughs> they could have done it a long time ago. But from what I understand, they made a deal with then Governor Malloy 
not to. But now that they it's can legal, do whatever they want. Oh yeah, they just made a deal there. But now that it's legal, I gotta think, man. We need Mohegan do, Sun bro. weed, bro. We need. Yeah. I'm all for it. I think that the sovereign nations can do whatever they want because obviously they can. Like, yeah. Not even nobody gives a crap about my opinion on that. Uh, no, that and they that, should. That's they, right. They absolutely. Because they'll probably grow some good weed. They probably got seeds that we don't even know about. Years, yeah, I'm all for it. And imagine that one going to see a uh, uh, going to see like a full concert and like and being able to walk out and buy weed right there in that courtyard in the courtyard. (laughs) And like literally, there's a storefront that's like that. There's like a storefront right next to the arena before the arena, like sells gummies and bait pens and like the super simple things they could actually have inside. Yeah, this is is concert approved beverage and a gummy or a beverage and a candy or beverage and like a capsule or something. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would be great. This right. And you could market it, you know, uh, you know, this is your concert. They can pack. do whatever they get your little do. concert pack here with a beverage, a little infused drink. Yep. <laughs> they can do whatever they want to do. That's the way I say it, it is a sovereign nation up there, sir. Yes. And they could realistically do whatever they want. I've always thought that they should, they should have been one of the first in the game. Yeah, well, they got they got a large stake on the casino side. You know what I mean? Mohegan Sun is one of the larger uh, casinos in the nation. So, it's, right, it's, right. They do have. And I found out they have more than one. Yeah, bro, in Puerto Rico. Yeah, they have one here. They got one in. I think it's like Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yep. Yeah, Pennsylvania. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's so, a couple. Hey, they're and big like, players. Oh, hey, they they are very big players in the game. Yeah, like in the casino world. Though Mohegan, yeah. yeah, they their whole enterprise is a whole thing. You can go places and actually see it. You're like, oh, I know them. Yeah, yeah. They're, Same they're... even with um, well, not Foxwoods now that it's not MGM anymore, but of course right. MGM was a big name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around, now it's uh, not. No, <laughs> now it's not. Not but, in Connecticut, uh, but in no. Massachusetts, yes, and yes, you know, in Vegas, in Vegas yes. of course. Yep. I enjoy all the MGM pro- properties when we go out to Vegas. It's a I don't yep. ever stay there because they're expensive. <laughs> right. But they have nice casinos. They do but now nice uh, I guess Foxwoods is uh, solo again, back to yep. being on its own. Yeah. Yep, so yep. they could also get into the legal game. They could they 100% if they wanted to. You know? yep. So that's why I always say, leave that up to the sovereign nations. They do what they do. They know yep. way better than me, sir. Yes, they do. Yes, they so, do. They know way better than me. Yeah, I would really like to see them get into production. I think they would do real well with it. But, I think um, that it'll be great for the community. I think that they would be able to really put jobs in place for their communities. I believe that they'll give yep. them trade to the community and be able to use some of the land because they don't have a ton of land. Yep. You know, like similar to at least um, land out in like Oklahoma that's half tribal. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. There's a lot of states that really have a lot of land uh carved out as nationally recognized tribes you know yeah and they should so be able to grow yeah they should and we've seen it in other states you know in, in nevada that's where a lot of the things were being done before even anything like before when it was just medical high time yep. my first high times cannabis cup was in las vegas and that was a, a half Mine hour too. drive yeah half hour drive out to uh native land you know yep. what i mean yeah 
So, yep. so we have our guest. Is, is oh, yeah, has, super excited? Yes, I know. Yeah, I joined us. No, it's good. Yes. We got to talk. I'm glad. But um, all right. So with us on the line is Allison Sicard, and Allison is the daughter of an airborne Army Airborne Ranger and the great granddaughter of an Algonquin healer. So there we go. Special needs educators for over 20 years and mother of two gloriously impossible and brilliant children. She has devoted a lifetime to bringing the power of Mother Nature's plant to the people. So, Allison, you must do that in a number of different ways. How are you? Welcome to the show. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so ecstatic to be here. I feel like I'm just kind of hanging out in your living room, you know? <laughs> well, we are both, and he's in his office, and I am in my living room. Oh, <laughs> don't worry. That's where we're at. That's the whole point of all of this is bringing the mainstream, this idea. You know, we sit here, we enjoy um, we enjoy blunts, we smoke blunts, we joints, whatever you partake with. Uh, if you take a dab, you take a dab, you know, an edible or something, enjoy the conversation, share the knowledge, share what you got going on, and and just get it out to the people realistically. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Bringing the power of the plant to the people. That's so. it. Erase the stigma. You heard our conversation, Allison, I before I came on the air. And was basically we were talking about how the tribes should get involved in the cannabis industry, whether it be through production or uh, I don't know where Lou went. But whether it be through, you know, growing or production or actually having a dispensary up there. And uh, what do you think about that being from a Native American background? 100%. Absolutely. It was, a, you know, this plant was around long before any of us had settled on this land. Right. And it's definitely should be considered a natural resource and one that is, you know, definitely uh, should be given to to the tribes first in terms of of uh cultivation or or anything like that i mean it's just i i think it's a tragedy what our our government has done to the indigenous people of this land and i think that in, you know to give them back anything is uh long deserving right <clears throat> but right and they've always had the right to do it yeah yeah so I, i'm looking forward to that don't under, you know they just don't know the pathways not everyone can grow their own tomatoes sometimes people need a little bit of help they don't understand how to do nutrients they don't understand indoor versus outdoor you know it's just about networking that's the integral part of having a community yeah 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 right nobody you know i'm i'm not a master of anything but i if i, I I have a question about something. The strength of this community affords me the ability to reach out and ask a person who I know is an expert in a field of yeah, which I, I think. Yeah, it gives us resources and it gives us anything we pretty much need at our fingertips. This is what I essentially want to provide today is for everyone. You know, we all we're all constituents of our states. I live in Holyoke, Massachusetts. But I, I'm down here in Connecticut a lot, working in the cannabis industry. And um, yeah, how'd you get started in activism and advocacy? You must well, have started up there in Mass, right? I actually, um, I've been in Mass since 2007. 
Um, and so working on rec uh, legislation and everything up there, 2010, meeting some of the local growers and cultivators up there, participating in different festivals and venues and just networking that way, you know, picking up work along the way. I went out to Petaluma when I was 17 and I started growing then and recognizing the power of the plant seeing people that struggled with opiate addictions or alcohol abuse, and then finding the plant, you know, and it, it allowing them to have more fruitful lives. Um, so that's been a whole, that's been a huge part um, with me just, you know, I'm not, I personally haven't drafted any bills, but I like to scream loud and proud of those that have. And I think as of late, we have some huge, um, some huge milestones that have occurred legislatively in both in both Mass and in Connecticut here. Yeah. And I want to touch on some ways that people can get involved. You know, yeah, not of course. to get into the political realm, but if you are a constituent, like I was alluding to prior, you're paying taxes in these states. You have a voice in who your representatives are. And, you know, by calling in and and Voicing your support for these recently proposed bills, you don't have to get off your couch. You can use the email, you can use your phone, and you can come in and you can voice your. <clears throat> I have the bills that I can name for you know for people if they want that. Well, um, I would like to go over some of those bills because the legislative session has started. Right, right. And there have been some cannabis bills introduced. Um, and I don't know if every there's been a few, quite a few, actually. And I don't and even a mushroom bill. I yeah. don't know if everybody is aware of all the different bills and how they they probably intersect with each other, because it seems like to me now that the industry has started, hmm. everybody has their uh, something to say. Right. Everybody. There's different niches in this industry. You know? <laughs> You have I'm talking to, about the legislators. Every legislator wants to get his little thing. Right, right. They're all putting in different bills. So, well, so do I, you... there's so many. There's several legislators I'd like to shout out today, and some that have committed in the past. You know, to to me in person while I was doing some activism work up at uh, your Capitol up at the Hartford um, with this the past uh, House Bill five three two nine. A gifting one. Right. And Mike D'Agostino stood, came out on a rainy day on the front lawn of the Capitol, <clears throat> excuse me, and gave us his word that he would come to the table and meet with us and work with us together. Us being those people affiliated and identifying as the legacy caregivers. Right. In these states, in New England here, particularly. I mean, this yeah, has happened nationwide. I can only speak of what I know and whom I whom I affiliate with and whom I'm with every day. You know, right. so my participation in it is, you know, in, in all in all different areas. So I have a, a a bird's eye view of growers and activists and cultivators and caregivers and people that just get the medicine to the people. And I'm so proud of those that have worked with our representatives, you know, and Robin Comey, Josh Elliott, they're sponsoring Connecticut's five, uh, the bill 5725. What um, does that, that say? That, um, that says, that talks all about 
um, cannabis reform essentially goes to, you know, licensure and who will get it and the MSOs. There's like six different bullet points in that bill. And people can just pull that up on cga.ct.gov. And from there, follow the links. You know, you can go, Robin Comey and Josh Elliott are sponsoring it. <clears throat> so, okay. uh, helped to uh, draft it and he presented it to them. And like you said, because the representatives are realizing what the people are wanting, they are wanting at the very least access to this plan without. I lost your audio. There it's, we go. It's a plant. Right. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying before. Obviously, we had a hard time just getting people to put bills in for us. Yeah. Now, right. um, it seems like I saw a bill from, didn't Candeloria put in a bill as well? Didn't the Republicans put in a bill? Yeah, they did. And that one can be a little bit, uh, it's a little bit controversial. I've heard, you know, people on both sides saying, well, I think that's the one that has to do with the aroma of cannabis. If I'm that's the one that says to regulate cannabis as other sub other um, like alcohol, basically. Well, you know, I mean, I don't. I, so that I have my own beliefs on, you know, alcohol versus cannabis use. I don't really know what the figures are on. Um, cannabis relating at you know vehicular accidents or domestic abuse but um so it's going to be venues like bars for Lou, go ahead. Lou yeah there should be venues for cannabis so I guess you go ahead Lou yes uh there 100 should be um but that's where I guess you know we look at this and there's regulating it like alcohol and treating it as if they're the same, I believe are two different things. Um, they are definitely not the same. Cannabis and alcohol are completely two different things. It's ridiculous that to even say that they might be anything similar because they're really not. Um, they're, not. they're two independent things, but to regulate it like alcohol right? in this state, in this state, you can brew beer in your garage. Right? Yeah. So, or wine. Right. You can make beer or wine in your garage. And you can so, get a liquor store license. Can you sell it in your driveway? Or is it like Massachusetts? I'm sorry? Can you sell your, your homemade wine at the bottom of your driveway? You know, like a no. Park? No. Right. So, it, has to, it has to meet certain standards, just like it has to meet standards. And then you can sell it anywhere, realistically. Um, I mean, personally, I don't believe in, I believe in just repealing prohibition entirely, you know, right. because the more we, if we, if we, you know, legislate it, decriminalize it, whatever, we're still regulating it to a certain extent. Oh, so I'm, I'm a huge deregulation person. I yeah. wish that there were almost no regulations on it. But we now see how many bills, I believe we're up to like nine bills that are cannabis related right. and each one with another level of regulation. Right. You right. know what I mean? You, get, you know, like, and what 
so where does that plateau? And like I know in Mass, we just had we had several um, one for an act for plant medicine for harm reduction for sealing old cannabis records. Um, for the psilocybin. which we're very happy in Connecticut as well. New laws this year. If you had, were arrested, it's not going to hold you back here now. So if if an employer ask about a cannabis related, no, you don't have any cannabis related. You know, that's one of those things that we're very excited about. At least the bill may not have been good, but having that portion is a lot better than in some other places. You know, it sucks that a lot of people still have the, you know, there's, that's I'm speaking from my own record on that one. Everybody knows I got a rap sheet longer than. <laughs> yeah, and I'd, like to, I'd like to just make that, um, you know, public record that I, too, have cannabis related criminal charges and have done time in prison. So honestly, that was another point I wanted to touch yeah. on, <clears throat> excuse me, with, you know, like cannabis award ceremonies and stuff. I want to recognize and congratulate those people that, well, most people that have been nominated for NECAN awards <clears throat> um, as of late. Um, but honestly, personally, I don't believe there should be any awards distributed or received until anyone that is currently doing time on cannabis related charges is freed and exonerated. I think that it's just, you know, it's a shame that we don't know. We get these bills proposed, we have the idealistic mindset, but in order to get this to action and to let it be legal and for people to be freed and exonerated, you have to contact your representatives. For those, for those in mass, it's mass.gov. In Connecticut, cga.ct.gov, and reach out and talk to, and 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 reach out to D'Agostino because we have and reach out to the Canna Warriors if you want to see video of him saying and assuring that he's going to come to the table and work with those in the cannabis cannabis industry. Primarily. Okay, so let me ask you a question now that the session has started. Has anybody contacted him or has he contacted you to sit at the table? Because there are nine bills in, like Lou said. So there's got to be some of those bills, at least, that are going to need to be uh, worked on by the community. I'm assuming that not all of them are going to make it through, as right. usual. Right. Um, but there will be probably two or three that will might make it to committee, might make it to a hearing stage. You know, we don't know, but um, I think it's important that you guys set that table now. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you right now, the people that I'm the most proud to have worked alongside with um, and be their ally in activism were the Canna Warriors. And those people... Joseph Raymond and Aaron Doolittle and Christina Capitan, um, Duncan Markovich, those people, you know, they really put the power, you know, give it to the people because by their own actions and set by example. And they might get some heat from some others in the community, but those are the dark forces I was alluding to when I talked yeah. to, you know, they're being... For the most part, it's like with any industry, right? You have people that are proud of doing their work and especially with this one and especially with the women in this industry. I want to shout out those women. 
um, after I make this statement, but there are those people that continue to undermine and continue to try to, the only way I can, I can swallow and digest it is that they must be in allegiance with the multi-state operators and the corporations, because honestly, we want to just get, make this medicine accessible to everyone. Legacy, well, yeah. care, legacy caregivers are healers, not dealers. Okay. Right. You, well, know? That, you know, there is like, what about the cost uh, of overregulation? I mean, look at what it, it ends up costing people for the cannabis, the price of over, you know, you know, overregulation, I believe uh, pay, it has a huge cost on it. There's already an inter an ingrained regulation amongst the cultivators of cannabis, because if they don't have good quality product, then guess what? You know, they fall by the wayside. So there's like that ingrained competition of like, who has the best flower right now? You know, there's a pride to it. There's a homegrown farm craft aspect to it you know there's that local grown which everyone is you know it, it's all about that community cultivation over corporate colonization is really all right I, I completely get that i really wish there were actual growth so once again speaking from my own history there because i was arrested for cultivation in the state there's not many cultivators in the state and one of the worst things that i hate seeing is when you get these $80 eighth bags that if you are a cultivator, you know what, what it is. You're like looking at this and like, come on, this is a work pack for me. The packaging, the shit, you know, the crap. I don't know what I can say on the air. But yeah, no yeah. The crap here, the flower, you know? Yeah, know right. That's the big deal. See, that's, look how much, like Lou said, you're get you, he was, we were talking earlier and it was 40 to $80 for an eighth. Of yeah. this regulated legal cannabis. Trash. Right? That legal trash. That so is actually the same as the medical. No different. Where is it grown? Like, I mean, I I've been working with legacy growers and caregivers for decades. And I just love being able to tell people like this is a cut from that, and this was shared by such and such. And and they developed a new, like at the Harvest Cup this year, there was a new strain developed specifically for a wedding and it was beautiful and it was so purple. And, you know, I just- it's That's just, a huge shout out to our very good friends up there from the Hickey Chick and yeah. Cody and everybody else. We love them on the show and support their Easter egg cut. We've been- We've yeah. been a sponsor been, for like, every year. Supporters of their Easter egg. Like cultivator. So make sure, right. get that out there. there. Everybody's up there. We know what we're doing. No one said, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's about connecting the people to the cultivators and caregivers. Very general. You're making very. Oh, we're losing Lou. I think he's probably traveling. Well, I also wanted to let people know if they don't want to get down legislatively and that's not their calling, there's advocacy groups for veterans. You can contact Deb and Dad, Paul Kirchberg in Connecticut. You can contact at canacenterofexcellence.org backslash veterans. There's patriotshelpingvets.net. And then my buddy Frank up at Boston Bud Factory, and I don't, I don't, condone or endorse a lot of dispensaries but that's a great like ma and pa went up in home in holyoke 
my hometown right now, and he is helping to be a survey participant with these really great um, cutting edge surveys for veterans. So those are different ways you can get in, involved with veterans. Also, if you're just like a down and out outdoors kind of person, or you don't, you don't use cannabis, but you wanna be an advocate and an ally, there's several different outdoor adventure clubs. Um, there's Connecticut, you can go on to at Connecticut.com um, in Connecticut, and they, you can reach out to chronictrips.com in Holyoke, Mass. Seth Very cool. Yeah, we have Connecticut on here all the time. Uh, I am actually working on a project with those guys. Uh, we like them. We support what they do. Um, I wanted to bring it back, though, to the markets. Uh, because you have experience in Massachusetts mm -hmm. and now Connecticut, yeah. and you're seeing what Connecticut is doing, what are the big differences uh, between the two? And being that uh, Massachusetts has been in the game a lot longer than Connecticut or a few years longer, um, what do you like? I noticed that like the first dispensary in Massachusetts closed and I noticed that the prices in Massachusetts are dropping. Um, I know. And you said 40, 88 and was like, wow, you know. Yeah, it's cheaper up there in Mass, right? Yeah, it's a saturated market right now. Right. So what could Connecticut what would would we have to look out for to avoid the same thing happening now basically what i'm saying is why did this happen in mass why now are the prices dropping why now are dispensaries closing i actually know a guy who bought a lot who got awarded a license up there and he's now selling it for that exact reason because he said the market is too saturated now um and he didn't think that he could actually make his money back. So he sold his license. Right. Um, and I, you know, there's, I heard P Diddy came in there and bought up like a bunch of licenses as well. So what, what how do we avoid these pitfalls in Connecticut? I mean, we're, I wrote Massachusetts. Connecticut, Connecticut needs to primarily focus on their caregiver reform. For the there's, medical market, you mean? Yeah. For all of it, for medical and rec, there like you should be able to, you know, the, like the delivery, the whole supply chain of it. It shouldn't well, just be for four of these dispensaries in the well, state. Oh, remember the it's going to be opening up very soon. I mean, right now we can't really gauge where the market's heading because we're obviously only have the four growers. We right. obviously only have the seven or nine when the other two open up dispensaries. And that's going to be for the next few months <laughs> until like Lou said, there's like 90, 99 or 96 licenses that have been awarded. And some of them have been awarded to people who have, you know, been advocates, activists, who have experience in the industry who will do yeah. a good job putting out good product yeah. that will definitely be much better than what um we'll give what, the what we got right now give but what i'm saying is 
you you know you said the marketing mask got oversaturated lou's talking about we already have 99 and that we're already going to do another round of licensing here joe let him talk bro yeah is the same thing going to happen here that's all go ahead licenses to connecticut residences for two connecticut residents first right which they didn't do but there were quite a few connecticut residents who did get them but it should have been all of them well you know <laughs> we're trying we're acting for perfection from a state that is definitely not known for per perfection but this is the job right. you're 100 right now what's how's what's the next step yeah what this is the now this is now with the legislative session opening right. and with new bills being introduced are we a are, is one of those changes going to be to make the licenses go to connecticut residents first whether they're no matter who they're partnered with Right. The main owner needs to be a Connecticut resident or an equity person, depending on what license. Medicinal and therapeutic product. It should be as local as possible. And there's people that are have been doing it for a long time. These legacy caregiver and grower communities are well established for decades. Well, here's what I'm saying. What if a legacy grower wants to get in the legal industry and he wants to get one of those micro cultivator licenses, right? Which is only 2,500. You should, they should be able to afford it. And if they want to up their game and step it up and really bring their craft cannabis to the next level, to a bigger audience. Hey, Joe. Yeah. All the micro cultivation licenses went to individual owners. Just so everybody who's got a micro cultivator is. But they only gave out like eight. Four. Oh, they give. Oh, I thought it was only five. For e on each license. Oh, okay. So two. So micro cultivators, which was only twenty five hundred, those didn't get the onslaught of. Uh, that's who I think we really need to make sure we support is those micro cultivators. Right. Precisely because they this, didn't get the onslaught of applications. Right. And I don't even know who half those people are at this point. Right. right. And, and that's what I'm saying. We need to have some of the more legacy people step yeah. up their game, step well, up the game. Well, you know why they're not is because there's still a consequence of criminal ramifications. You know, there's that stepping up the game. Okay, so what does that mean? Having more events, throwing private parties, getting more legitimate by registering your event on Eventbrite and things like that. No, so, I'm saying get a license. Yeah, these things that are occurring, but these the legacy market, that is the segue into legitimacy. So there is right. a primary a basis of people that they're caregivers for people that understand that uh, uh, brand loyalty branding is huge in the legacy right market. so they've already got a leg up you know what yeah. i mean they're already established they already have a name uh, in the legacy market and and then um that sh that'll give them a little bit of an edge you know what i give this free gem to everybody joe and i say it on the show at least once a week anybody in the legacy market doesn't want to get a license or didn't get a license and has a strong brand following go get yourself a lawyer get intellectual property protection create a licensing agreement shop that licensing agreement to the local producers 
then to the whoever cultivators, you get to vet your product before it even goes any place. You establish that brand locally or in a small market someplace. It's now your intellectual property, your licensing agreement, your lawyers. As long as you have that brand following, you can then go to Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Maine, any of the legal producers. But that would also mean that you'd have to be protected legally. So, hey, I got myself a lawyer. I got mm. myself my IP. I mm. have a licensing agreement. And now you're shopping it out. But that also means you can't go ahead and keep doing legacy. Right. That's right. that balance part of it. Right. You know? Right. But isn't the point to remove the stigma and give people who were in the legacy market who fought for legalization, a lot of these people in the legacy market actually were activists fighting for legalization to take advantage of what they fought for. And I think Lou's got a good way to do it without getting a license. Right. And they're starting legitimate cannabis businesses now. Right. There's a lot of ancillaries, right? A lot of ancillary businesses. There's no reason why somebody like Bees Twisted Eats can't go to go to a producer and say, I want to bring my recipes to your production facility and sell my products through your dispensary, right? right. So th- and There's that's no the kind of stuff. Out. Let's take this moment to shout out some of my women in cannabis right now. So well, B is one, I would hope. With cities, I want to shout out the coffee and cannabis events. I need everyone to check them out. They're fabulous. So you guys are going to recognize them through Bobby Nuggs and through, uh, well, you guys will know who we're talking about. Those who know, you know. But they're, it's, it's like combining coffee and cannabis. And they're doing fabulous things in Massachusetts and Boston and throughout. You've got Ellen Brown. She's the founder of Green Path Training. She introduced and drafted. She introduced a drafted bill to her reps, and it's now number uh, SD1734, and it's all about medical and um, reciprocity. Ellen Brown is a good friend of the show. Ellen Brown has taught many classes in Connecticut for us. We love her. We love her. Knowledge is power, and she's she's working at it. Great educator, great person. You've got our Erin Doolittle out in Hartford. She has the wholeness house at the mansion. She's looking for educators, yoga instructors, metaphysical um, practitioners. She's really creating a sacred place there, um, safe within the cannabis community, safe within the um, psychedelic treatment community. And it's a place where um, it's there's just magic happening there. So check out. Erin is another good one. She's been on the show. We love her. I will too. give her another plug. She is a licensed therapist. Yeah. So if you do need anything medical as well, somebody who would understand your holistic way of life, she is a licensed professional that can 100% help you in all of those endeavors. And she. And she yeah. also does medical marijuana cards. So she's a very, she's yes. an amazing person. She's going to be. I'd like to get her back on the show, actually. I think to, I would. We need to get her back on the show. I'd like to get all the women back on. Well, the we show. have them. You know, we have them one time or another. We just never had them on all at once. We need to get <laughs> She's also a recent nominate, nominated um, 
for entrepreneur, I think best entrepreneur in Connecticut for, through Nikan. She has Sugar Leaf Boutique in Middletown. She is a pioneer, fantastic. Nice girl. Feminist and doing a lot of wonderful things in the cannabis industry, leading by example. Um, I know there's people that I'm leaving out. Lisa Silver Crow. Um, and I also want to bring to light that in Massachusetts now, we have not only our governor, but attorney general and treasurer that are all women. So I think now is the real time for us to be able to shine with that. Well, um, I think the women ought to get together and form an yeah. organization. Form an I'm, organization. And an act, advocacy organization. We yeah. had one in Mass. We yeah. had one in Mass. Right uh, was affiliated with the Northeastern Institute of Cannabis, and it yeah. was led by Beth Waterfall, Kara mm -hmm. Crab. The people who are doing Elevate now have kind of taken it to another level, um, but that is a completely women-owned business, and that started out as a women's advocacy group. Right, and so now it look can be done. Money was just given away. Yes, to... look how they gave away two hundred thousand dollars. Um, for people to help start businesses. So action, that's really putting the cogs in the wheel, you know, like really yep. putting it together. Putting yeah, it together. I know, I agree. And, you know, the good thing about the cannabis industry, it is made up of so many different types of people. So not only do you have the women, you have the veterans, you know, veterans getting involved in cannabis is very, very important, you know, and then we have, uh, you know, people of color, they ethnic minorities. CBD. They, they, they are not even able to access CBD at the VA. Right. But I did see that there's a bill in. There is. Uh, they are trying to fix that. And of course, veterans more than anyone else, um, especially, look, they're not in the service anymore. This is the thing. You can do, say whatever you want about serving active members, okay? But these people are not in the service anymore. They are suffering from a lot of ailments besides just PTSD. A lot of Vietnam vets got hit by Agent Orange. Yeah. There are a lot of people get a prescription at the VA for an opiate. In but the they then they need to be able to do cannabis. They really, you know, and I understand they're sort of like, why should we pay for that? Well, you should pay for it, first of all, because it is practically legal in almost <laughs> half the country. And second of all, you know, on the states where it's medical, you really should be covering that. Yeah. That's a travesty as far as I'm concerned. That's a travesty that the, the VA will not cover medical cannabis or at least even their recommendation. It's a travesty. It's a travesty that our high school athletes can't access CBD in their through their sports trainers. You well, know, but right. they can go to the ER with a twisted shoulder and get a, a prescription for 30-day supply of Percocets. That happens. That happened to my child. Well, and I think. We're far away from seeing CBD as a recognized, um, legitimate treatment until Big Pharma uh, figures out a way they can make money from it. So, you know, it, it's like, like I'm saying, what I'm trying to say to you is, yeah, you can go to the ER and get an opiate, whereas maybe cannabis would be better for you at the ER. But I think we're a long, long way from that because the medical industry doesn't hasn't figured out how to make money 
a lot of money off it yet. And when they do, we're in trouble. So we can grow our own medicine. They can't, we can't grow opiates. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think it's as fundamental as that is that this medicine is ex readily accessible to anyone and everyone. And yeah, you can grow it yourself. And thank God in Connecticut, we were able to get that right. And we're going to have it this July. No, people really need to, they really need to implement their, their given rights then and their fought for rights. Right. Because I'm worried that there's just going to be through each town, sub sets of ordinances, you know? Well, my concern to go back to your question, like well, over regulation, right, right. Like an over regulation of ordinances in Connecticut that could happen. And then again, you could get a town like Hamden, which is kind of changing the game a little bit by giving out permits. Right. So maybe some communities will. Uh, I think the communities that are um, right now in the moratorium state would you know who have actually refused to put cannabis businesses in their town um would be the same communities that would overregulate it mm. and i was saying this to somebody before eventually even those towns like madison like guilford like greenwich are going to see the money that the other towns around them are getting and eventually they're going to lift these moratoriums on cannabis because it's not going to stop people in their community from using it because it, there's no limits on delivery yes. so if i'm in guilford and and branford has a delivery service because branford allows cannabis then i'll just get it delivered to my house so yes. i mean i think a lot of these cities and towns that have placed moratoriums on it are going to come to light and eventually lift those moratoriums and those are the communities where you might see stupid little over regulation you mm -hmm. know true and true but this is where you have to get out there on a community level you know so a lot of people don't understand with activism yes you have to go to the state you do have to go to the state but a lot of it starts right in your own backyard right in your own backyard Absolutely. Make those make those pot brownies and share them with your PTA friends and tell them this is a medicated brownie. You know, hey, give it a whirl. I mean, if if pharmaceuticals is what you need to be on, whatever. But you know, maybe try it instead of your antidepressant for a little bit. Well, that comes with education, you know, and people need to learn, you know, why cannabis would be a better alternative to an antidepressant. And, you know, we could get into the psychology of humans, but we all know humans are more inclined to listen to their doctor because the doctor is an authority figure. But well, anyway, and anecdotal eyewitness testimonies of people. Oh, there's in the tons of them, tons of them out there. Whole other, whole other session, whole other interview. Okay. I just got the word from Harry hmm. that we have about two minutes left. Well, it's so, been a with all of you gentlemen well tell me a little bit tell people how they can get in touch with you give a few organizations that you're involved in that if people uh, want to get in touch with you or if they want to join give us their urls their social media tell us how people can get a hold of you and, and connect with you and what you're doing 
Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you know receiving this platform today. And you can email me at sicard.allison, A-L-I-S-O-N, at gmail.com. I want you to go on to NM. that's um, naturalmedicine.org. I want you to check out the CT Canna Warriors Facebook group and also masscan.org. I didn't have a lot of time to talk about masscan. I was recently um, a director on, uh, on the board, um, activism and legislative committee. Um, I've loved nonprofits. Um, those two, last two, masscan.org and baystaters, um, nm.org, both nonprofit groups. Um, I just believe some, some need some, uh, some serious scrutiny, but that can be another discussion. You so got it. And, and how do they find you on social media? Um, A-L-I-S-I-C-A-R-D. I am who I am. And is there any events you're going to be at? Any place you're going to be where people can find you? All over the place. Um, I don't want to identify Certainly. Good idea. Good idea. <laughs> I know you guys are doing the paint and puffs over there better ways. As a matter of fact, I can identify that particular place. Come on down to better ways. That's in Brantford, Connecticut on Main Street and visit uh, Duncan's shop. Um, and you guys are doing parties down there, right? Paint parties. Paint and puffs. So yeah. I can tell you more about that. Um, but those are fantastic. All right. We All right, we just got the word from Harry. <laughs> we appreciate you very much. You can go down to Better Ways seven days a week, right? Just about, but check their website out. We really appreciate you guys being on the show. Thank you, Bring Harry, so much. The people. Love you Thank all. Thank you, Allison. Thank we you. appreciate it. We'll have you on again. You can reach us at Greenhaven Media. You can find Uncle Lou and me both on social media. Thank you so much. Like, share, subscribe, share this episode. We'll talk to you all next week. Peace out. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. I was gonna get up and find the broom, but then I got high. My room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey. Because I got high, because I got high.